0: Hello, and welcome to Japan Explained. You ask for it, so today we are talking about food again. Nabe hot pot cuisine is an essential part of winter in Japan. Seafood, meat, mushrooms, tofu, vegetables, rice cakes and many other ingredients find their way into thick clay nabe pots in homes and restaurants across the country. Nabe is one of the free Japanese dishes that I, a very lazy cook, Make it home. It's like an ultimate selling point. Even Toki can cook it. It's easy to make, always tasty and fun to eat. So today let's take a look at one of Japan's winter favorites. Nabe hot pot. And as a side note, a good nabe can be enjoyed all year round. The word nabe simply means cooking pot. But because the food typically cooked in it has become so popular, the word now come to mean both the pot and the dish. Today nabe is a meal where fish or meat, tofu and vegetables are cooked in a pot that is heated on a small stove in the middle of the dining table. You eat as you cook and can always add more ingredients if you run out. Coming from Russia, a pot full of steaming ingredients with a little broth appeals to me. Only we call it soup. And while I'm sure Japan isn't the first and by no means the only country to discover that a bunch of good ingredients thrown together in a pot can quickly turn into a delicious meal, let's take a quick look at the history of nabi in Japan. We have to start very far back in time, around the time when people learned how to make fire-resistant pots that didn't leak. Because that's pretty much the time when the pot first met the food. It is thought that clay pots were made and used in Japan as early as the Jomon period, the Japanese Stone Age. Archaeologists have unearthed many clay vessels that were probably used as cooking pots, And while at the time they were mainly used to boil acorns or nuts, we can say that the Japanese have been eating some form of nabe for at least 6 or 7 thousand years. During the 6th century Buddhism arrived in Japan. So deep knowledge of metalworking, which was used to make Buddhist sculptures and other religious utensils. Metal sculpture didn't stay in fashion for that long, but the skill quickly spread throughout the country. By the middle of the 10th century there were two types of nabe – clay pots and metal pots. As metal pots became widely available, ordinary people began to use them in their homes. It may be more expensive initially, but a broken clay pot is a broken clay pot. While a metal port can be repaired or melted down and turned into something else if it is broken beyond repair. That's why we know about medieval Japanese ports mostly from pictures, while archaeologists struggle to find actual ones to study. And since we are in the Middle Ages, let me help you imagine a typical Japanese house of that time. But first, forget about the beautiful bright room with sliding doors and tatami floors. That just came to your mind. That's a bit too modern. In the Middle Ages, even the elite were just discovering that tatami could be used to cover the floor of the entire room, and ordinary people had partly earthen and partly raised wooden floors in their simple houses. The raised wooden part would be used for eating and sleeping, so to make a floor warmer, you'll probably throw some goza straw mats on top. In the middle, you'd have an open fire, which protected the house from dump and insects and provided warmth and food. A pot of water would hang from the ceiling, place fish and vegetables in it and go about your daily business. When the food is ready, the whole family would gather around the fire to eat. But before you get too comfortable in a dark, cold and smoky medieval house, let's fast forward to the 17th century. We are now in the Edo period. More and more people are moving to the cities where large open fires are dangerous, so townspeople tend to have separated kitchen areas. And since you are now far away from the fire, portable braziers are used in winter to keep you warm in the living quarters. But while samurai and merchants enjoy the comfort of their residences, most town people lived in Nagaya lawn houses which consisted of tiny rooms of four and a half tatami, or just over seven square meters per family. Where did they cook, you ask? A Good question. And the craftsman found an answer. A portable stove. It's not that portable stoves didn't exist before. They had been around since the Heian period. But they were too small and too weak to cook on or to luxurious, ordinary people to afford. Now we have shichirin, konabedate and hibachi. Portable and affordable cookers to have in your tiny home. Put a net on it and you can fry some fish. You can even take it outside to avoid the smell getting in. Place a pot on it and soon you can enjoy some nabe. These portable stoves gave rise to a new kind of hot pot. A smaller one for just a few people. Cooking was simple. Just throw some fish, tofu and vegetables into the pot, add some seasoning and wait. Needless to say, the cuisine became very popular. Also, with a small pot, you didn't have to serve the cooked food. So the end of period is when people started dipping their chopsticks directly into the pot in front of them. What else happened during the Edo period? Well, too much to tell in one go, but if you remember the Soy Sauce Explained episode, city dwellers created a huge demand for condiments, which were now mass-produced nearby and sold at a fairly affordable prices. The Edo period is famous for dishes such as dojo nabe, tofu nabe and asari nabe. But my favorite example of a simple Edo-style hot pot would be negi-manabe. Make a broth with 5 parts bonito stock, 1 part soy sauce and 1 part sake. Bring it to the boil. Add leeks, pieces of tuna belly and some parsley. Let it simmer for a while. And enjoy with wasabi or sancho pepper. Don't be surprised that the main ingredient in this recipe is tuna. We know fat tuna as a luxurious sushi topping but the people of Edo knew it as a cheap fish for lower classes. The lean meat from the back could be marinated and preserved, but the fatty belly of the tuna refused the soy sauce used for pickling and spoiled very quickly. So it was usually just thrown away. But if you were a poor resident of Nagaya, anything cheap or free was precious to you. So you'll get this discarded belly Add and parsley to kill the fishy smell, and you'll enjoy your cheap and filling dinner. But again, before you get too comfortable, because I can already smell the parsley and taste of the lightly cooked tuna in my mouth, let's move on to the Meiji period. In the late 19th century, nabe underwent a major transformation. A dish called Gunabe appeared. Education, fashion or food, during the Meiji period everything Japanese was considered old and boring. Anything Western, cool and popular. So restaurants began to offer new foods to their customers. And here we come to the point where the Japanese meet meat. Not that it didn't exist before that. Meat in Japanese history is a huge and interesting subject in itself. But if Buddhist priests and the shogunal government had something in common, it was their belief that ordinary people shouldn't eat meat. So, when in the mid-19th century ordinary people were confronted with meat, the centerpiece of modern Western diet, they wanted to like it, but couldn't. The smell was particularly unpleasant to them. Unfortunately, restaurants found a way to fix that. Cubes of beef were simmered in a generous amount of miso sauce in an iron pot. Goodbye, smells. Unlike earlier forms of nabe, the meat was cooked in the sauce alone. with no water added. And it worked. Gyunabe became very popular and gave birth to a new form of nabe cuisine. And as the seasoning used in gyunabe changed, it evolved into the dish we you know today as sukiyaki. By the way, the word sukiyaki goes back a long way. Ski is a farming tool, a kind of flat spade. And yaki is pretty much any form of cooking over the fire, except boiling. In the old days, people would heat the tip of the spade over the fire and cook tofu or fish over it. When beef was cooked in the shallow iron pans, it reminded diners of ski, and so was called Skiyaki. Another big leap forward to the end of the Second World War. Both Nabe the Pot and Nabe the Food hadn't changed much in the previous century, but rapid modernization brought a new device into Japanese life. Kaseto Konro, or a portable gas stove, became widely available and sparked the popularity of tabletop cooking. And, with no sign of its popularity waning, the nabe is here to stay. Now that the history is clear, let's look at the dish in its current form. First of all, you'll need a pot. The thick clay pots called donabe are the most popular. During the firing process, organic matter in the clay is burned, creating tiny holes to trap heat. Donabe, therefore, conduct the heat gently, allowing the ingredients to simmer slowly. They also retain heat well, so food stays warm longer. And that's exactly what you want your nabe to do. It is said that the best earthenware pots are made in Iga, a ninja stronghold in present-day Mia prefecture. But cast iron pans or fancy French crochet will do the job. Chefs agree. And, while I'm definitely no chef, a deeper frying pan works perfectly for me, so give it a go if you don't have any of the recommended vessels. Don't believe me, believe the Japanese cooking sites that even use glass or aluminium pans. If it has enough volume for the amount of ingredients you have bought, you can make nabe in it. Now that we are sure you have something to cook your nabe in, It's time to look at all the options available to you. There are three main types of nabe, based on the type of stock used. First and simplest, water-based type. This type of nabe emphasizes the natural flavor of the ingredients themselves. As the name suggests, you use water or dashi stock as a base. While classic dashi means seaweed or fish, a broader term allows for any type of clear stock bring the stock to the boil and add your ingredients nabe is ready then you simply take the items out and season them separately with dipping sauce mustard or another condiment of your choice the classic examples are mizutaki cooked in chicken stock or yudofu tofu cooked in water with kelp The second, and most common type, is a seasoned soup that enhances the flavor of the ingredients. First, the stock is made with bonito flakes, seaweed or dried sardines. Then soy sauce, miso, salt or other seasonings are added to intensify the flavor. The soup must be strong enough to flavor the ingredients, but light enough to be enjoyed on its own. Finally, the third type uses less liquid, to give the ingredients a richer flavor. It also often requires a shallower pot. A good example of this would be sukiyeki. Soy sauce, sugar and other seasonings are used to flavor the thinly sliced beef, leek and tofu. And don't forget to eat your sukiyeki with a raw, or at least poached, but really better raw, egg. I can't explain why, but it's twice as good with an egg than without. Next comes an extensive list of regional varieties. Let's take a look at the most famous of them, from north to south. Hokkaido is famous for its Ishikari nabe. Salmon is abundant there and has always been a staple food of the Ainu people. Today, Hokkaido is the place to go if you want to indulge in delicious fish or seafood. So... Ishikarinabe nabe features the region's best. Salmon, salmon raw, and vegetables like potatoes, onions, and cabbage are cooked in miso broth and seasoned with sancho paper to eliminate the fishy smell and enhance flavor. Shikarinabe nabe can also include other Hokkaido specialties like milk and butter. Mixed with miso paste – yum! Crossing over to the island of Honshu, Aomori prefecture is famous for Japajiru. Eaten around New Year, it's a nostalgic dish served at family gatherings. In the winter, tara, or Pacific Cod, is caught in the area and finds its way into the plates of the locals. They cut the fish and keep all the bony parts, the liver and the milt. Yes, the milt. The more awful, the better the broth chop some daikon radish, leeks and carrots, and add some miso and sake. Japajiro might not be the most visually appealing nabe out there, and it's borderline nabe at all, as even the name suggests it's more of a soup, but nostalgia definitely puts it high on the list of best nabe. Another northern dish on the menu. While Hokkaido and Aomori are known for their fish, Akita prefecture is a land of the finest Japanese rice. A signature dish of Akita is Kiritanpo. Steamed rice mashed and formed into skewers to be grilled over an open fire. Add them and some vegetables to a pot of strong chicken bone broth mixed with shotsuru fish sauce and you have delicious Kiritanpo nabe. Then, of course, Tokyo. This city has given us some famous nabe recipes, created by its Pennywise inhabitants. I've already mentioned Negima nabe, but there is another, called Dojo nabe. It is said that in the Edo period people would put live pond loaches in sake, wait for them to stop moving, and then boil them in sweetened soy sauce in a small iron pot. Scallions and sancho or shichimi pepper were added before eating. A full thing sounds like a torture to me, but there is a restaurant in Asakusa that has been serving dojo nabe since 1801. I do hope they have updated the recipe to modern animal welfare standards. Nara Prefecture is home to what is probably the oldest nabe recipe in Japan. Asuka Nabe has been around for more than 1,300 years. Asuka, now a quiet village in the middle of nowhere, was once the capital of Japan, where emissaries from Min China brought dairy products. And the local Nabe was born. Creamy milk soup with chicken, shiitake mushrooms, Chinese cabbage and other vegetables is still a signature dish of the city. By now, you're probably tired of examples, so we'll stop here. And I haven't even mentioned Kyoto with its tofu obsession, or Okinawa, where meat has never been banned and goat soup is eaten on festive occasions. But there are a few numbers worthy of honorary mention. The first of which is Oden. And if you thought Oden was a category of its own, you were not alone. Until a week ago, I thought the same thing. But Odin actually belongs to the second type of nabe. It uses a clear yet flavorful broth made from seaweed, bonito and some salt. Odin is a type of nabe you are unlikely to make at home as the ingredients need to be left to soak up the flavors for a while. But specialty restaurants will always welcome you. If you've noticed Odin being sold in every other convenience store on your way, you know winter is coming. And when winter finally arrives, local supermarkets will be selling pre-cooked oden sets for you to enjoy at home with a cold glass of beer. And I couldn't possibly end this episode without talking about chanko nabe, a dish made famous by sumo wrestlers. The story goes that in the late 19th century, one sumo stable took in so many trainees that it became impossible to feed them all individually. So, instead, they started making a giant hot pot to share with everyone. What can I say? The trend caught on. Now, in the sumo stables, the young wrestlers take turns preparing the meals. They cook while others train. Or, in other words, cooking chanko is considered an important part of their training. With chan konabe, the ingredients and seasonings are variable, so there is something new on the menu every day. Sometimes fans send food gifts and these are carefully incorporated into the meal plan. But first the broth is made, or sometimes a few different ones. For example, chicken in one pot, seaweed and bonito in another. Then the broths are combined. Soy sauce, sake and other seasonings are added. Now it's time to prepare the ingredients. They're chopped to an appropriate size, some even pre-cooked. Next, it's time to assemble the pot. Vegetables that will take longer to cook go in the bottom, then the other vegetables and meat. The broth is then poured in and the dish is left to cook. Japanese attention to details is no myth, and even cooking becomes a lesson when so many things have to be considered at once. When the meal is finally ready, the highest ranking wrestlers eat first, while the lower rankings serve as waiters. Sometimes there is nothing left in the pot when it's their turn to eat, so they have to make a do with just the broth. That may seem harsh, but who says life is always easy? Eating nabba with friends and family may not leave you with an empty stomach, but just imagine. Everyone gathered around the pot, ready to dig into whatever they like. But the pot has its limits. And the nabe, as liberating as it is, has a recipe. So, yes, I'm not going to reach for that mushroom first. I'm going to reach for atsuage and meat, daikon and shirataki. And so will you. And who knows what Mr. Tanaka has in mind. So you have to be very strategic. I imagine that sometimes the battle for the tastiest ingredients becomes very real, like in the Gintama episode. And by the way, if you control the pot, you become a nabe shogun, so it's a fun game. All jokes aside, nabe shows people around you that you trust them enough to share a pot of food and sparks conversation while you wait for the ingredients to cook. So if you're cold outside in winter, get a warm bowl of oden. If you are celebrating, treat yourself to a luxurious beef sukiyaki. And if you are at home with friends, make a classic soy sauce-based nabe. It's a variety of ingredients, so everyone can enjoy both the food and the conversation. And look at us. We didn't even have nabe, but the conversation turned out just perfect. So not to miss the next one. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and talk to you soon. Bye!